Welcome to Monorail Radio, Dockside Chats number four. I'm Sean. And I'm Jackie. And we are coming to you live from our favorite spot at Disney Springs, Dockside Margaritas. Quite possibly our favorite spot in the world. It, it, it very much has become that way, hasn't it? It is a super nice night at Disney Springs. It's beautiful. There was some heat lightning before, and I think the rain rolled through before we got here, so it cooled everything down really nice. But we're sort of trying something new tonight. Normally when we come... And we record these dockside chats. It's a weekend. We both have off. But due to some conflicting schedules, uh, we're trying this on a weeknight. It's yeah. a, a Thursday. Full disclosure, I had a day at work that tested everything that I have in me. <laughs> and I'm on the struggle bus. So please bear with me. We're going to see how this goes. Well, we're going to get you started with a dockside margarita. We actually have a new flavor we're going to try tonight because they are doing the flavors from Florida uh, Festival at Disney Springs for about the next three weeks, I think. Yeah, this is something, I think they kick it off um, in conjunction with the start of Food and Wine because it is presented by Corksicle, which is also the Food and Wine sponsor. Right. Uh, if you ask me, it's still early, too early for Food and Wine, uh, but this was one of the things that I was most excited about trying as a local because all of the restaurants amp up their menus and they do uh, you see a lot more citrus a lot more orange flavors incorporated into the menu items and a lot more key lime although this year looking at everything on the app because they had a, um, a QR code that you could scan and it would list everything for you uh, I feel like it's 75% orange and 25% key lime I don't hate it though no and there's a lot of gulf shrimp too um, but what they have here at Dockside, which oddly enough was not listed on the app, is a strawberry basil margarita. Yeah, and I can't wait anymore. So, so cheers. let's try it. Cheers. We'll let you know how it is. Oh, that's really good. That's really good. That is refreshing as hell. I've had basil in cocktails with coconut rum. I've never had a cocktail that had basil and strawberry. I want to say this is almost more like a mojito kind of profile. Um, it's really good. Great for the summer. Although, I will say it's not my favorite. My favorite is still the one that I had the last time. That pineapple, uh, the spicy pineapple. Pineapple jalapeno. All right, or habanero. Was it a pineapple habanero? Oh, it's something spicy. Pineapple spice. Yeah, that was really good. Even I liked that. But let's talk about some of the things that we have been doing here as Disney locals. There's a lot. There is a lot. So after we recorded Dockside the last time, we went to the Gelato uh, location. Uh, Vivolo Il Gelato? Vivolo Il Gelato, um, which is Italian for the line makes no sense. <laughs> <laughs> that line... There's like a, like a random stanchion that runs in the middle of the lobby, and yeah. no one knows where to go. It's not like, um, I mean, nothing is like Gideon's where they feed you through, uh, but it's not even like salt and straw where you go in on one door, and then you exit after the register. Everything is just kind of a giant cluster as soon as you walk in, and you don't know where to place your order, uh, but we figured it out. And we were able to try, um, I wanted to try the cannoli. I feel like that's their staple. I got the blueberry cannoli, and you got, I got uh, the, a the chip witch. The, yeah, basically a chip witch. Um, but, like, the biggest one you've ever seen in your life. It was as big as your face. i got to be honest with you. If I would have known it was that large, I wouldn't have ordered it. Because I'm thinking it's the size of a chip witch, like what you get at 7-Eleven or Wawa. Never thinking it's going, um, now it's not a Gideon size in terms of its, like, height, but in terms of its... In terms of its circumference, yeah. I'd say it was as big, if not bigger, than a Gideon's cookie. Yeah, it, it was a hefty ice cream sandwich. I felt a lot of ways about myself after <laughs> I finished it. Most of them were negative, but it was really good. I would have it again, but I would split it. The only thing I remember about it that I didn't love was... I thought it would be like a soft-baked cookie, and it was a crispy cookie. So when you took a bite into it, immediately out the back went all of the gelato. Yeah, I thought it was going to be like a warm cookie. Next time I would try, they do it with a donut. Uh, I would try that. 
I liked the cannoli, but full disclosure, I thought it was ice cream in it. I thought that was the whole thing, that they put a blueberry gelato in and it's just like a regular cannoli with mousse in it. I mean, it was good, but like it wasn't exactly what I was expecting. But we know for next time, we're, we're gonna, we learn from our mistakes, we're gonna change it up the next time. And we learn from some other mistakes as well. Primarily, don't sleep on Deluxe Burger. Yes. Boy, oh boy, what a miss. It has been for us for years, never trying Deluxe Burger. Well, no. I actually think that that's kind of unfair because think about it. When we're here on vacation and we are jam-packing so much into a week, week and a half, and, you know, the stress of dining reservations 60 days in advance, you're not thinking, oh, let me get a burger. You're like, no, let me get my character dining. Let me get Ohana. Let me get all these big-name restaurants. You and I, if we did not live here, would have never stopped for a burger. And it was because... um, It was before Lightyear. It was before we went to Lightyear at Disney Springs, but John Sicari at Big Fat Panda, who's a friend of the show um, and a friend of ours, had said that it was one of the best burgers he had had here, and so did Paging Mr. Morrow on his channel. So after they both said it, I said, I want to give this a try. It was... Awesome! It's a it's a smash burger. So if you like smash burgers, you are really in for a treat. Um, I just did a straight bacon cheeseburger, and it was delicious. But what took me aback was how good the fries were. They are real hand cut French fries in house. Those were outstanding. Um, I had the barbecue burger. Uh, it was really good. Pretty standard. Nothing over the top. But for me, where it's at is those sauces. Oh yeah. Uh, I tried like. Every single one. The truffle aioli, um, the, what was it, the 19, the 19 1942? Or the 1922 or something? I don't know. The year. The one with the year. I can't remember at this point. Uh, that was my favorite by far. Yeah, that was good. Um, so, yeah, we had decided to try this because we really wanted to do a big Disney movie release here in Disney Springs. And we thought, what better film than Lightyear to pick for that? Um, but because we have our dog at home, we were on the clock for seven or eight hours. So we couldn't do like a full sit down meal. We knew we had to get something quick. So deluxe burger was the perfect thing for that. Um, there was plenty of seating. We were in and out really quick. Um, and we got over to the movie, uh, to AMC in plenty of time. And they do mobile ordering there. So you can mobile order your food and select a pickup time. Um, if you were trying to time it out ahead of time, you could do that. That's noteworthy. Um, let's talk about seeing Lightyear, though. Before we do that, though, okay. hot tip for Deluxe Burger. I feel like that is more of a late-night eatery because we did go back after to try the milkshakes because we couldn't take them into the theater, so right. we, we doubled back. Yes. Uh, and there was a two-hour wait for the mobile order at that point when we got out. So I feel like that's more of a end-of-the-night, grab-it-and-go kind of spot because the wait park. is much longer, for yeah. sure. When you're done at a park, you mobile order, you pick it up, you bring it back to your room because there were a lot of people with big shopping bags that were leaving with them. Um, but seeing Lightyear at the AMC at Disney Springs, we had heard some mixed reviews about the AMC, um, and we have the Stubbs membership because... Prior to moving down here, they had opened a brand new AMC dine-in with the MacGuffins Bar and all that in our old town. Um, So that's just really our theater of choice. Because we have stubs, we could use our membership here. And I've got to be honest with you, I was impressed with this AMC. I thought it was big. I thought it was clean. I thought that the staff was efficient in moving you in and out with your snacks and your food and the bar. I was really taken aback with how like how high quality it is for a movie theater. Especially considering we saw Lightyear Saturday, the weekend that it came out. I believe it was the 18th. Yeah. Uh, So needless to say, it was jammed. Uh, But the staff was wonderful. Uh, We really didn't wait online. Uh, what, What took the longest getting in, honestly, was that my stupid app, kept pulling up my Jurassic World's Dominion. From the night from before. The night before, uh, which is something I really never care to relive. Um, but that was the only hiccup getting in. So that's something that I would recommend is make sure that you're on the uh, Disney Guest Wi-Fi or if you're not, 
that your Wi-Fi is turned off altogether uh, because it, it just kept getting stuck. And then finally, I think they had enough and they just let me through. Yeah, at that point, they they were just going to let you in. If, if the, the, the showing was sold out, so if there was one person that was standing there waiting for a seat, they knew it was you yeah. and you were getting the boot. Um, but as far as the, the experience, I mean... We got beer pretty quickly. Yeah. Uh, not a big line for that. Uh, the theater was really nice, really clean, and it was just really fun watching it with a bunch of Disney nerds. Yeah, there was a balcony in that theater, so it just seemed huge. It reminded me of an old movie house that I used to go to when I was a kid that had a balcony. Um, but being there with like-minded Disney people, it put it over the top. It was a good movie. We did a monorail in a minute. Eventually, we will do a full review of the film. But we both liked it. We found it to be a lot of fun. But I think that if I waited to see it on Disney+, Plus, I probably wouldn't have enjoyed it quite as much. Because I think the atmosphere added to the entire thing. I think the atmosphere certainly added to it. But I don't think that I would have enjoyed it any more or less if we didn't have this experience. I thought it was a great movie. Um, I know everybody is hung up on, but it's not Tim Allen. I still don't understand what people don't understand, that we are watching the movie that Andy saw that made him fall in love with Buzz. Um, And quite frankly, if I was a kid that age and this was the movie I saw, I would have fallen in love with Buzz too. I thought it was great. I thought it was funny. And I think that Socks is quite possibly one of the best things, if not the best thing, that Pixar has ever done. I've been waiting for, like, World of Disney to roll out some Socks merch. I'm not seeing anything yet. I'm I'm disappointed. Uh, There is... Oh, is it a zipper or it's something? It's something just came out, like, today. Oh, Interesting, but they they are starting a slow roll of the uh, socks merch. So, one place that I know I can always get merchandise is Epcot, and the last time we were here was the day that we picked up our APs. We caved. We got the pixie dust pass. If you need to hear the story again, if you need to listen to it, you can go back and listen to Dockside Chat number three. But we finally got to go after almost five, well at that point it had been what four months that we had been down here yes and we rolled up there was a 10% rain, chance of rain in the forecast and the heavens opened and said greetings Jackie and Sean welcome to Epcot and we ended up losing 45 minutes waiting in the car um, this was one of those biblical rains that lasted nearly an hour that flooded uh, Magic Kingdom and flooded Hollywood Studios. It flooded Epcot a it little bit. It flooded Epcot too. In the uh, in the turns or the when you scan in with your Magic Band. Yes, over by security. Yeah, it was one of those rains where you know normally I wouldn't care. You get a little wet and you dry out, but it was one of those rains where an umbrella certainly wouldn't have helped you, and a poncho would not have done much for you. Yeah. Um, but we waited it out about as long as we could because we had. Purchased, uh, purchased Lightning Lane for Guardians of the Galaxy Cosmic Rewind. Yeah, this goes against like every single one of our beliefs and every single thing that we've ever said on this podcast. But again, being mindful that we do have a dog at home now and we are not here on vacation, we were on the clock and we really wanted to enjoy Flower and Garden because we hadn't got to see it yet. So we knew the only way to get on Guardians and accomplish as much as we wanted to with Flower and Garden, we were just going to have to do it. Because that's the other thing. We don't know when we are going to be back because any other like three-day weekend that we have, those days are blocked out for right. APs. Uh, and we don't have any more vacation days that we're going to use. So right. it is what it is. We did it and well, you can say if it was worth it or not because full disclosure, not a roller coaster person. I knew this didn't have any drops, so I was like, "All right, I think I can do this." And I'd love to say that it wasn't as bad as I thought, and I took it like a champ. No, I was a big baby. You went on it. You did it. Um, you have to open your eyes the next time. Uh, yes, open my eyes and close my mouth. That is the plan for next time. But the ride. When people tell you it's the best thing that Disney's ever done, 
It's not an over-exaggeration. It's not a reach. I love Rise of the Resistance, but this has so much more rewritability. Um, between the changes in the soundtrack, and the story is great, and it's just so much fun. It truly is rock and roller coaster meets Space Mountain with the Guardians of the Galaxy. That's, that's kind of like if I had to describe it to anybody, that's what I would describe it as. And I describe it as a Tilt-A-Whirl meets Superman from Great Adventure. Because that is like the amount of pressure that I have felt on my butt. Now, believe it or not, I have been on Superman. I, I have. Back in the day when I was braver. Um, but, yeah, I, I didn't get sick. I will say that. I understand where people do. I was thankful that I didn't eat anything before we went on. Um, there goes our friend the volcano. There it goes. Um, but yeah, it was it was intense. What my favorite thing about this ride, though, was was the experience. I we were getting on, and to me, I, I like something in front of me, like blocking me. So I didn't want certainly not the first car of the ride, but I didn't even want the first seats. I wanted to be like in the back row. And I was willing to wait in, if we had to for that. Uh, but we, we got loaded in right away, and there was the most adorable couple in front of us. What I hope Sean and I are in, like, 40 years. They had to be, like, 70, 75 years old. And they're, they're loading in, and I went, oh, my God, I'm going to scream in this poor woman's ear. This is not going to be pleasant. So I, I said to her, I'm so sorry in advance if I scream the whole time. And she goes... Honey, you scream as much as you want. I'm terrified, and I don't even know what I'm doing here. And I was like, oh, my goodness. So I told her. I was trying to reassure her. I was like, there's no drops. I don't do a ride with drops. It'll be fine. And we're about, you know, halfway through the ride. I was prepared for the launch. I don't want to say anything that's going to spoil it for those yeah. who haven't been on. But I, I was prepared for the launch. I knew what was coming. Nothing could have prepared me, though, for the motion of this ride. And all I'm thinking is, oh, my God. This nice woman is going to think that I lied to her. This is what I'm thinking through my screams. Admittedly, I was screaming so much, we got off the ride and Sean was like, I missed half of the story because I didn't hear it. I had to watch a POV video when we got <laughs> home because I couldn't hear any of the dialogue. So, the, the coaster comes to a stop. I'm, like, not crying, but definitely tearing. And... I apologize. I was like, I'm so sorry. I had no idea it was going to be like this. And she grabbed my hand, and it was just one of those experiences where, like, after two years of COVID, like, you would never touch someone like yeah. that. But, like, we were, like, getting off the ride, holding hands. I was making sure she was okay. It was just a really, like, sweet Disney magic moment that I have missed. So it was worth enduring the coaster for that. But you would do the coaster again. Oh. It's smooth. You would do it again. It is not smooth. That's, yes, it is. That's all relative. That's up to you. Um, but yeah, did the coaster bought the t-shirt, would do it again. Literally bought several t-shirts. Oh, and by the way, speaking oh, yeah. of which, uh, you stand online waiting for your opportunity to go into the gift shop. But if you go into the creation shop, literally everything is in there with no weight. Um, oh, that's not what I thought you were going to say. Uh, we did pick up an extra souvenir. Oh, that's right. So, That's right. Wow, double bonus episode giveaways this week. That's right. We got it was a pin. Yes. We got a pin from Cosmic Rewind that we're going to give away. But I want you know what? I'm giving it to somebody who's listening who's to listening this. to yeah. this right now. Here's what I want you to do. I'm making this up on the fly, so go with me on this. On either Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, or through monorealradio at gmail.com. I want you to be entered to win, first off, you do need to be following us on the social media, Twitter, Instagram, uh, or Facebook. I want you to DM me, DM us, the word Xandar. If you DM the word Xandar, that is going to get you entered to win the pin. And we'll throw in a t-shirt. We'll throw in a monorail radio t-shirt. Uh, you pick the size. Um, today is... Okay, so... We're going to release this tomorrow. I'm going to run, let's run it for 10 days. Yeah, give people a chance to listen. So text Xandar, or I'm sorry, DM Xandar and your t-shirt size, please. Yes. Um, and we will pick a winner at random. You will have until July 25th 
at 11.59 p.m. to win. Um, we'll post it on social media as well, just as a reminder, but you have to DM us or email us the word Xandar and your t-shirt size. So, um, let's talk, though, about some other things that we did at Epcot that day, because after that, we didn't do any more attractions. We were tempted. We were tempted, but we did really want to dive into Flower and Garden. Yes. And the first thing we did, well, we didn't do a booth out of the gate. The first thing we did was start in Mexico, which was yes. a change up for us. And I had been thinking about this, honestly, for months since we had been down here. What my first drink as a local was going to be. Was I going to stick with my golden standard of the avocado margarita at La Cava, or do I change it up? And... Neil Patrick Harris did a margarita concoction for La Cava that I have been wanting to try, uh, so I rolled the dice on it. I was very happy with my selection. It's a, like a blackberry frozen margarita, and it is like the most refreshing drink. It is the perfect thing for a hot day in the parks. Yeah, and we were able to get a table at La Cava because the rain scared so many people away that there was no line, and we were able to get a table. We really did have, like, the most wild first day as locals. Yeah. Just, it was worth putting up with the rain because everything else, we just kept getting hit after hit from the lightning lane on Guardians to scoring a table at La Caba to the best thing. Um, as many of you, I'm sure, know, Idina Menzel was doing the harmonious live show the next night and I was freaking out and so excited and Sean kept saying you should go you should go even though he had to work he was like I'll give you the pass go to the park without me and I was hesitating because I was like I'm never going to see anything you're not going to be able to get near her I'll just be happy knowing she's there so it dawns on me that she's got to rehearse right so we find out that she's in the park that night and I was on high alert looking for her and we did get to see her and I was the happiest because they were doing the dress rehearsal, and we got to stay, and we watched Harmonious that night. Um, and we saw the Plain White Tees. Yeah, um, they were performing for um, Flower and Garden, so that was cool. Okay, I was never really a big fan. I'm not going to say I was sleeping with them. Sleeping with, oh my God. Oh my God. <laughs> That's staying in. Thank you, Dockside Margaritas. I had like three sips of my margarita. It's not even that bad. Oh my God. Okay. <laughs> I love it. I was going to say, it's not that we were sleeping on the plain white tees. We just never really got into them. They came to the radio station that we worked at, and I got to meet them. And this, what I said, is just really not getting better at this point. <laughs> but um, their radio hits are, like, not reflective of their music. If they had just rolled with the punk thing, I feel like I would have been so much more into them. But Sugar Ray is like that, too. Yeah, but Sugar yeah, Ray yeah. had a lot of hits. If you go into the back catalog, Sugar Ray is very much they're, like they're that. Very much a punk band, um, but it was more of like their pop rock that became bigger hits. But Plain White Tees, pleasant surprise. They were really good. Um, let's talk about seeing Harmonious though. Well, we got to dial it back a little bit because we did we did do a little bit more. Uh, oh, the we eating, got to, yeah, yeah. We got to sample some stuff. Uh, much easier than oh my food God. and wine was. What an improved experience this was. Anything that we wanted to try, we were able to get. We got to sample a whole bunch of food, whereas food and wine, we had to be so diplomatic with the choices. It was like an hour wait for most of them. Uh, so this was just really refreshing. Um, I, it might very well be because of the rain that scared a whole bunch of people away. It could be, but... I felt, well, France had a line, but France always has a line. But, like, everything else was basically a walk-up. Right. And now it's been so long, I'm, like, trying to even remember what we did. I'm also still, my, my brain is melding that I said sleeping with the plain white teeth. <laughs> so, um, you're never, ever, and I know a couple of people who are going to text me as soon as they hear this that are never going to let me live that down. Um, I'll give you a bonus entry in the contest if you send us the word <laughs> Delilah. Oh, if you had the shot, you would take it. I would have. I, I absolutely would have. I'll get you back. Don't worry. Um, what was the first one that we did? It was it we was had the coffee. World Showcase. No, we had. Remember, we went to Joffrey's, and I had that seasonal 
it was like that seasonal coffee. It was like a caffeine infused juice. Well, I think it was strawberry, actually. Yes. That was really good. I usually don't go it had for mints. Stuff. Yes, and it was. It mint. was really refreshing. I, I don't usually go for stuff like that, um, but that was really good. And then, yeah, we went to. I'm so. I just turned around and realized the gate is closed at Dockside, and we're not going to get a second round. I was going to pause. They may be open on the other for side. Recording. All right. Do you want to? Do you want to pause? We're gonna pause. Go to the other side. Let's grab one. Um, in fact, or, you know what? Stall. Let's all right, see. Yeah, Let's see ahead. if we can get one. All right, you go. You go ahead to the other side. I'll take another one of these. Um, yeah. So I can't remember exactly what we had. Oh, that's not a happy look. Oh no. Is it over? Yeah. Oh. That's why I said keep rolling just in case because oh. there's no need to break it up. All right. So I, oh, sad. So I can't remember exactly what it was we... Ha- no, we had something... It wasn't called Flavors from Fire because that's what they use at Food and Wine. But it's basically the same thing. I had brisket. I uh, had a brisket really that was really, really good. I think that was the first thing we had because that, um, that booth is... Actually, I think that's where Sustainable Chew used to be. It's before, you're right, it's before you get to World Showcase. It was over by Test Track. And apologies, usually we are more prepared than we are right now. But at the time of this recording, food and wine just started and Flower and Garden's over. So it doesn't matter. Yeah. Uh, well, didn't we get mac and cheese too? The mac and cheese was over there? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I just remember what we had. The mac and cheese booth is a staple though. Yeah, that's at, pretty like, standard. At like every festival. Um... Yeah, I, I remember the food was good. We didn't, we didn't snack on a ton though, because that is the only knock that I have against Flower and Garden. The food's good, not great. The food is always better at the Food and Wine Festival 2021, notwithstanding, because that food was not good at all. No, and then you got you needed your local pretzel, so we got the Bavarian pretzel in Germany, and then I wanted to try the pretzel bread pudding. Oh my god! And then we did like the two booths from Food and Wine, and the rest of that bread pudding filled me right up. Yeah, so we didn't do quite as much eating, but we did walk around and look at the topiaries, and like to me, like as much as I do like noshing on the food, the topiaries are just so incredible. No, and they still looked great. All of the color had come in. Um, a couple of them were a little janky. I, yeah, like Winnie the Pooh. He was looking. Uh, there was definitely not a rumbly in his tummy. No, it was. Uh, it was a full tummy. He yeah. just had a pot of honey. Um, but I like how they corresponded the countries to what the characters are. Like Snow White was in Germany. It's a German story. Uh, Peter Pan and Winnie the Pooh were in England. Um, I'm not sure if that's how it always was in the past because we've only done Flower and Garden one other time. I mean, like, you can find Anna and Elsa in Norway usually, but, like, I think Bambi was in Canada. Um, So I think it was a little bit more carefully planned this year. Uh, But it it was cool. They still looked great. And I loved, I loved Hook and the Crocodile. That was probably my favorite. Yeah. The only time when the lines got long, actually, was right before Harmonious, because we were standing by the port of entry, because that's where Idina was, and that's where we watched Harmonious from. And we wanted to have a nightcap, a cocktail to have with the fireworks show. I, I have to say, I planted myself in front of that spot, and I was not moving until I saw her. And Sean was very nice to go offer to get the drinks, and he had to walk all the way back to China to get them. Yeah. Um, Went all the way to China to get them, um, where they had a cocktail that had, um, I don't think, it wouldn't have been vodka, because you don't drink vodka, but I think it was like a moonshine base that had like the the boba balls or whatever you call those things. Mm -hmm. Um, But... And, and you sip through it, and you're like, this is so good, this is so good, and then bang, it hits you at the end, because all of the liquor settled on the bottom. No, the boba soaks it up. That's, yeah. That's where I was getting it, because every time you'd suck one up through a straw, and you didn't know it was coming, I would, like, bite into it, and it's like having a um, like a, a gummy bear. Yeah, that's been soaked in vodka yeah. or rum. Um, let's talk about Harmonious, though, because we were, on our trip, we kind of all right so harmonious we didn't like it in the broadcast when they did the 
debut. It was a terrible broadcast. It was an awful broadcast. When we saw it in person, I liked it more. You still weren't re- like totally on board with it. Um, and I will stand by the statement that it is not Illuminations. However, um, having seen it, because we always sit at Rosen Crown to watch the fireworks, unfortunately, I've come to the realization that that is not a good spot to watch this show. Um, you do need to be in a spot where the images are a little clearer on the screens, as you call them, the tacos. From the port of entry, the show looked a lot better. It really did. That partially changed my mind. I don't want to sound like I was fully converted just because of Idina, although that certainly helped. Um, but what really did it for me... Because you're right. I was, The first time we saw it on vacation, I was so hung up on the tacos. And I think I even said then, I would feel a lot differently if they went away during the day. And they were supposed to, but that was a budget cut. So they don't take them off the lagoon. They just leave them there. Um, I felt differently seeing it that night for the dress rehearsal. And I felt completely differently watching it at home the next night with this live broadcast. I wish they had done this from the start with the live music and getting all of these different cultures together to sing this song. Uh, it just gives you a completely different perspective. This is the way it's meant to be enjoyed and the message comes through so much more because you're not so focused on the Disney movies that are being represented. You are focused more on the cultures. and. It took a live show and, and live singers to make me realize that. Not even being in Epcot, surrounded by the different countries, did that the first time I saw it. Uh, so now, it just completely changed my opinion. And uh, it's, it's really wonderful what they did. It's so much more inclusive. And uh, I really I enjoy what they did with the films a lot more and just how they wove all this music together. Like, it, it really is a feat what they pulled off. It is. Um, it, it makes me wonder why they didn't just do this from the start um, to get people interested in the show, but I mean, they got it right this time around. At least they did. Alright, let's move on. Um, Sorry, I'm just looking around that we're closing Dockside Margaritas, which we've closed many a bar, but this is kind of a, a rare thing. Yeah, it's rare. We, we've closed Dockside before, but not in a long time. Um, let's talk about Thor, Love, and Thunder. Um, yes, that was the next Disney-related thing that we did. Um, just due to our schedules, though, we didn't get to come to Disney Springs to see it, but we did see it opening night. Uh, well, the Thursday before. It came out on Friday um, the 8th, and we went on the 7th. Right. Um, part of me was disappointed that we didn't get a chance to come here um, because after Lightyear, we had said that moving forward, it would be our preference to do everything within our power to come here to see a film opening weekend and just be a part of it and be a part of that experience. But the thing was, like, I was covering for a co-worker that weekend. There was no way that we were going to get here um, and, and truth be told, um, we were afraid that it was going to be spoiled because uh, if you guys listen to our review of Ragnarok, we had Kelly, our friends, Kelly from Parma and Kismet and her husband Pat from Roller Coaster Review Guy, they came on and reviewed the film. And after we had finished recording, Pat had told us he already had an end, he had the end credit scene ruined. And that was before the movie came out. So I said to you, if he had an end credit scene ruined a week before the film came out, is it possible that we can go an entire week without having the film spoiled? Right. So we opted to go to our local AMC, closer to our home. Um, we saw it in IMAX, which was the way to do it. Um, I'm glad that we did do it in IMAX. Um, and we did a monorail in a minute. Um the, the jury's still out. Um, it's going to take a few more viewings. Um, but, I mean, to say the least, I felt very lukewarm about it. And I know that you 
I don't even think you were lukewarm. I think you were more on the cool side. Yeah. I mean, I don't want to say too, too much of my full thoughts because I know there are people that still haven't seen it yet. It has only been out a week, so I want to be fair. Um, I do want to dial it back to what you said about the credits, though. There are two end credit scenes. I'm not going to spoil them, but there are two. Uh, so don't leave after the first one. Um... What I will say, keeping it spoiler-free, I am disappointed that we did not get the setup for Guardians 3. That had nothing to do with the end credits, and that's yeah. what I was really hoping for. But at the same time, um, it, the, the prospect of Guardians 3 sort of makes me sad, and so does this. Because we're getting farther and farther away from the Marvel that I really love. I mean, obviously, we're so past Iron Man and Captain America, although, well... Chris Evans is Captain America. We know we're getting uh, Anthony Mackie as Captain America eventually, but it's so far from the original, like, core six. Yeah. That's what is making me <clears throat> sad. Um, and confused, because quite honestly, the multiverse uh, between that and keeping up with Star Wars and Disney+, Plus and everything that I have to keep track of for the show that I'm working on, I'm afraid my brain is going to short circuit, and I'm going to think like that one of my cast members has an Infinity Gauntlet. And I'm just going to be confused. But anyway, back to Love and Thunder. Um, again, without spoiling too much, I just feel like everything that they did to set up this new era of Thor in Ragnarok, because they stripped away everything that we know about him. They, they cut his hair. He loses an eye. Aesthetically, he is completely changed. Uh, then he hits rock bottom in the Avengers, and I know that people were very upset because they made him the butt of a joke, being Thor Lebowski. Uh, and as funny as it was, it is a disservice to everything that he went through because really, he lost the most. Yeah. He lost his parents, he lost his brother, he lost almost his entire community. Uh, that's not to say that not everybody else has suffered a loss in, in the Avengers, but there's a reason he's really at a low point and this was supposed to be his comeback and instead I feel like we're back to the original Thor and he's trying to figure out who he is again and we certainly shouldn't be using Jane as a device to help him figure that out yeah um and again he's the butt of the joke a lot um in Love and Thunder um I think the humor in Ragnarok worked in Ragnarok um but I don't think the humor worked quite the same here. I thought Taika Waititi came out and said that in retrospect he was angry that Ragnarok was as good as it was, which is like, that's not really an excuse for why this movie kind of fell flat. The best thing about it is Christian Bale. Right. Uh, no, they dialed the humor up to 11 and they should have left it on 10. Um, Christian Bale was great. Um, I thought Tessa Thompson and what they did with Valkyrie was great. I thought the Mighty Thor was absolutely fantastic, and everything yeah. they did with Jane's storyline was great, except for as it pertains to the romance. Um, but it was worth it for Chris Hemsworth's butt. So something saved that movie. Uh, yeah, so we didn't get a chance to, uh, to see it where we wanted to see it. Um, and I think, like, in a way, I'm kind of okay with that, like, in retrospect. I feel like if we would have gone and, like, spent the time driving here to see it, and I never mind coming here, but I think to spend an hour and 15 or an hour and 20 minutes to then see it and then drive home versus being home in 10 minutes, I probably would have been a little bit more harsh towards the film just because it's like, now i got to get in the car and drive an hour and 20 minutes. See, for me, I think that would have softened it because I still wish that you could bottle the feeling of seeing Endgame in theaters and, and sell it. I would buy it. I'd pay top dollar for it. I, I just, there was nothing like it when, you know, they tell Cap on your left and the entire theater just loses their mind. It was like being in a concert. Yeah. I, I've been to concerts that were more lackluster. Yeah, that's true. Um, so, we came back tonight, obviously, not only to record Dockside, but also to take in this flavor of Florida Festival that they're doing here. Um, and we wanted to go and sample the food trucks for dinner because I feel like I had the food trucks years ago when they were brand new, but similar to Deluxe Burger, it's something that if you're on vacation, I feel like you're going to skip. 
I think the only reason we had them is because we had a flight to catch and everything that we wanted to do had a long wait. Yes. Um, and that was years ago. Um, and I'll be honest with you, again, if you are looking for value on the dollar and not having to wait a long time and not having to mess around with having to make dining reservations 60 days in advance, don't sleep on the food trucks because the portion of food that you get for the cost is an incredible value. Yeah, uh, I would say on average, everything ranges from like 10 to 12 bucks. Um, I did the taco truck. Um, it was admittedly very hard to narrow down my decision. I want to work my way through that entire menu eventually. Um, I got the burrito tacos and they were amazing. They have a taco cone, which was enormous. So I'm glad I didn't get that for tonight. Um, they had quesadillas. They had like just everything that you could ever want. And Dos Equis. Um, yeah, there you go. But yeah, the, the menu was very impressive. Um, it was a pretty quick wait. And what I really like is that there is available seating everywhere. If you yes. can't get tables, um, it's so easy to sit on the ledge by the water and there, there's plenty of room over there. And you've taken a nice view over by characters uh, in flight. Um, yeah, I did the mac and cheese truck um, and I did the barbecue, the barbecue beef with the uh, fried onion rings and the barbecue sauce. Uh, it was good. Next time I would tr do the six cheese mac and cheese because the brisket that they put on, when they told me it was brisket, I'm thinking like, oh, I'm getting sliced brisket. It was more like a shredded brisket, mm -hmm. which tasted good. I thought they were a little heavy handed with the chili powder, but I also, in, I don't love chili powder. I use it in my barbecue rubs just to give it a little bit of flavor and a little color, but I use so little of it just because to me, I think the flavor is overpowering. But for 12 bucks, it was really, really good, and it was huge. It you, was a huge portion of food. It Both of them were. Yeah. Well, the tacos were enormous. I thought because there were two, they were going to be a smaller portion, but no, they are a hefty-sized taco. Uh, and then you also got the mac and cheese fritters. Yeah, I, that, uh, was, that I wasn't a fan of. I thought they were really good, but they do have jalapenos in them. Just a small hint. Like, I really didn't get a lot of flavor. Yeah, well, that's, like, to me, again, jalapenos, to me, it's like chili You're powder. more sensitive to I'm it. I'm more sensitive to it, and I didn't know that they were in there, so I bit into it, and I immediately went, oh, no. But it was only a $5 appetizer, so my heart wasn't broken over it, and you enjoyed them. So, um, all, you know, all is well and good with the world. Um, and then, so then you and I kind of divided and conquered, because... We wanted to go to Gideon's to get their uh, Florida flavor cookie. And this is a sign of the crowds. There was no more virtual queue for, uh, for Gideon's. We just got online, uh, and it was about a 20-minute wait. Yeah. Um, you got online for that, and I went to go get the pass holder magnets. Now, this is a cautionary tale if you are coming down to get your pass holder magnets. Right. Um, when we got here, it was a 10-minute wait posted on the virtual queue on my Disney experience. So when I went to go join the virtual queue, nothing happened. And then when I refreshed, it said that the virtual queue had reached capacity for the day. So knowing I was probably not leaving with a magnet, I said, let me take a stroll over there and at least get some clarity on, you know, exactly what happened. Or if this is just a glitch with my Disney experience. Um, so I get to the wonderful world of memories, which is over by the Art of Disney. And they told me that, well, they, first they asked me, did you try to make the virtual queue at around 9 o'clock? And I said, yes. Now, Disney Springs is open until 11. That store is open until 11. However... Um, they cut the virtual queue off around, well, they said at or around 9 o'clock. So, if you are coming to Disney Springs, if you're a local, it doesn't matter because you're going to come back. But if you're coming down here on vacation, you have to make sure that you are getting on that virtual queue well before 9 o'clock. Because I think I tried getting on it like 8.58, and they had yeah. already closed it. Um... We're coming back in two weeks to have brunch at the boathouse, so no skin off our nose because they're doing it, I think, until August 5th. 
but they were just very appreciative that I was not nasty with them and that I didn't yell at them, which means that somebody else did just yell at them. Yeah, which means don't be a jerk. Yeah. Um, I mean, look, if you're here on your vacation, I can understand where you're frustrated because something is open until 11 o'clock and it defies logic that they would close a queue at 9 when the wait's only 10 minutes. Um, I also don't know why we have a virtual queue to go pick up something that we're getting for free anyway. Personally, popcorn buckets. Fair enough. Um, but we're coming back. It doesn't matter. But just if you're planning on coming, keep that in mind. Um, okay. So I'm going to throw a curveball at you because we don't have this in the notes. Oh, but let's I talk, love when you do that. But let's. But talking about glitches, we thought that we were going to have better APs a couple of days ago um, when the annual pass website had unlocked everything except the Incredipass. Now, everybody is talking about this because it unlocked the purchase. Well, it at least unlocked the button. But as soon as you added anything to a cart, they wouldn't let you actually check out. And I think within 10 minutes it was gone. So, first off, the question is, and remains, why is Disney High Tea so bad all the time? <laughs> but... I think the bigger question is, what does this mean about the APs, and are they coming back soon? Because there's a lot of speculation that they were testing the system because they're getting ready to open the sales up again, likely after the summertime is done, in September, like they did last year, and they accidentally activated the sales again. Um, I don't know that this is IT. I think that this is human error, because... I've worked at concert venues where we've used Ticketmaster. I've done Hamptons Film Festival, which is a similar setup where, you know, I, th I think this is more, the film festival is more relative to, to their setup here. You can list all of the films that are, like, that's how we always did it. We did it in stages. Like, you would list all the films so that people could see their descriptions, start narrowing it down, what they wanted to see, and then you would have an on-sale date. So... My guess is that when the APs were no longer on sale, they just took everything away. I think they probably meant to put the descriptors back up, and instead of just doing that, it went with the on-sale as well. But the on-sale date was probably switched off because you could get them in your cart, but you couldn't actually click through the purchase. I have never had a highest of high or a lowest of lows in five <laughs> minutes like that um, but I think it's good news I think it's good news I think that what it does confirm is that by the fall we should have something back which is great for us because we can upgrade our current passes and we will then be spending more time in the parks which I am super excited to do I yes I am excited but I don't know that I want to get my hopes up for fall because the back end of the year just going on what I'm seeing for vacation planning and the availability of hotels, the pricing of hotels, obviously it's basic supply and demand. If there is high demand for hotels and not a lot of availability, the prices are going to go up. Right. So, And there are still people that have been rolling over their 2020 and 2021 trips. So I would think that by the end of the year they will be back up because a lot of people will gift the APs. Right. Um, so I, I think that's probably a more likely scenario. All right. Uh, let's talk about something that happened today that seemingly came out of nowhere, although I kind of predicted it when we came to Epcot. You jinxed it. I killed you it. You jinxed it. Um, the Tower of Terror billboard. That has been there since 1994. You said that. Every time I've come here since I was a kid, it's always here. It used to move, and, and now it's gone. What I said to you when we drove to Epcot that day, I said, it's only a matter of time until they tear this thing down. Because I'll give you a third entry on the Guardians pin if you text, Sean's a life runner. Um, th th very harsh coming from you, who won't even go on that attraction, by the way. Um... The I've been on it. I just retired. Oh, yeah, you retired. Sure. Um, thing is, and I had said it to you when we drove in that day to go to Epcot, the mechanism for the elevator didn't work anymore. 
I love the billboard. It was sun faded. And you have to wonder what the life of that ride is going to be because I think Hollywood Studios, I still think Hollywood Studios is the, I don't want to call it the worst on the property, but in in rankings from one to four, to me, it's four by far. I, I think that... figure out what, we, what you are. I don't think, point. and that's my thing, I don't think they know what they are. So... I can see that entire side of the park with Rock and Roller Coaster getting a retheme. I can see Tower getting a retheme eventually, even though it's a great ride, and a lot of people don't want to see it changed because it is still that original ride. Um, and while people like Guardians of the Galaxy Mission Breakout at Disneyland, they still miss the Tower of Terror. It's so original and the storytelling is so great. But I don't know what the lifespan of that attraction and that theme is going to be. It could stay that way forever. It could be gone in three years. The fact of the matter is that billboard was, it was past its prime. But it's just so crazy for Disney that takes their time with everything and takes forever and a day to get anything done. Uh, the cranes and the cones showed up yesterday and the billboard was gone today. No, I had seen pictures of of the cranes and the cones out and I was going to ask you if you wanted to get here early today so we could take one last drive by nope can't do that gone Sean's a life ruiner DM it you'll get a third entry a lot of people are upset um and I kind of get it um like I said for me it was something that had been here since 1994 it made me nostalgic for coming here as a kid because I came the year that that ride opened um and I understand everything must change. Things will change. It's not a new attraction. It doesn't need a billboard. But it doesn't change the fact that I'm disappointed that it's gone. I understand why it's gone. Uh, am I going to show up with pitchforks over it? No. Because I knew it was going to happen. But it doesn't make it any less disappointing. That And I, and I, I feel... I understand why... Disney fans feel the way that they feel because it seems like every turn something else goes away and it's stuff that's familiar to you and like for some people they like it's a billboard it's stupid who cares well a lot of people care a lot of people care because we're very fortunate now that we can come here when we want to come it wasn't always like that it wasn't like that until five months ago and there were a lot of times where we'd have a lousy day at work, and all we'd want to do is do this, is come here and sit here. And for me, too, part of getting through my day, if I was having a rough day at work, was just thinking about Disney in general. And it's not even talking about Dockside, it's just Disney in general. And honestly, like that was one of those things that would pop into my mind, that was like one of my like little comfort zone things. And a lot of people feel that way. So don't tell somebody it's stupid that they feel that way. Um... I think it's totally acceptable that you feel the way that you feel about it. Are we being picked up? But I don't think so. But I still... Um, Thank you. All right. Nope. They're letting us stay. We own it now. Um, but anyway, uh, the, the point is, um, I think people latch on to things like this. It's like the road signs, like the, the purple road signs. People latch on to these things for a reason. And I think because it's something that's tangible, you can touch it, you can see it, and it just, it brings so many emotions out that that's why people are having such a reaction to this billboard being taken down. No, and I, I get it. I mean, first of all, you and I are the last ones that nostalgia is lost on. Um, so I get that. I, I get if you've grown up coming here, uh, and you have those memories and attachments to certain things. I get if you're older and maybe you've raised a family where you've come here with APs almost every year. Or if Disney was, you know, maybe not an every year thing, but it was a, a frequent thing that you did with your family. And now your kids are grown, they're out of the house, they're starting their own families. Uh, the DVC families, right? Yeah, I mean, I, I get it. There are certain things that you come here and... You just don't want them to change. But, um, you know, I, I feel like this is one of those things where, sorry as I am to see it 
go, it's not the most egregious thing that they could have done. You no. know, it, it's not like you come here and, like, you're not going to be able to ride Pirates of the Caribbean. Then you go with the pitchforks. Right. I mean, that's it. They didn't take the ride down. They took the billboard down. But the billboard makes it feel like home. I get that. It's so one of the people... first things you see when you come on property. Like, I get it. I do. Um, it, it's just weird to me that overnight... They were like the Baltimore Colts. Overnight, they were gone. You know, like, it's just... You wake up one morning and it's not there anymore. And um, yet, Tron. Yeah, Tron. Um, it's not the only thing that's getting taken down. Over at the boardwalk, the ESPN club is being torn down and the cranes are there as well. I'm only surprised about that because um, I'm surprised that they would just, like, do away with the whole building instead of just re-theming it. Right. I mean, I guess... They're going to take it down. They're going to build up something. Um, I, I don't know what it's going to be. They haven't mentioned it yet. Um, but you know what? Like, that building has just sat there for so long. It's like one of the last, like, remnants of, like, things that were closing around COVID that were never going to reopen. That's one of those things where it's, it's like I have this adverse reaction to taking the billboard down. If you're getting rid of the ESPN club because you're making room for something new and it's just like washing away this closed down storefront like this I'm totally okay with agreed so that does it for things that are going but let's talk about something that is here to stay god help me at least for a couple of more years so Chapik gets his extension until 2025 I gotta be honest I am still picking my jaw up off the floor I am and I'm not the revenue in the parks is through the roof right now um, and because Dis- it's marked up. Yeah, but Disney Plus subscriptions are higher than they had anticipated. So there are certain elements that you could sit there and say, well, the company in this arena is making a lot of money. So his leadership, for better or for worse, is guiding that. However, stock is in the tank. The stock is really bad. And I really thought that that was going to be the nail in the coffin for him. I'm not so sure. I mean, look, it's a short-term contract. It's really, at this point, it's two and a half more years, right? What's more interesting to me is that Bob Iger, who has always been, you know, a man of the people... He's a man of the Walt Disney Company. He's such a well-spoken person. He's been very professional, knowing that... And and we've had friends that have met him. We met him. No, but I'm talking about in the presence of Chapek. Oh, yeah. Knowing that they didn't want to meet Chapek, but they wanted to meet him. And people have been vocal about him not leaving, and he has been a class act about it. Right. So it's interesting now that you see this shift because he did an interview with the business insider and he said that one of his I don't think he said it was his biggest regret but he said one of his regrets upon leaving the Disney company was pushing to have Chapek as the CEO because evidently the board of directors wanted Chapek to be the COO because they knew he wasn't ready for this. But because Iger was retiring and because they needed somebody to get them through 2020 and everything that happened after the pandemic, he admittedly pushed to get Chapek named the CEO, which they did at his command because the two other people that he had lined up for the job had already left the company. But Iger had pointed out that... The word ego was used in regards to Chapek, and it was brought up that Chapek has, forget what he's done to Disney fans, just from a business perspective, the way he's alienated people in the company, the way he's handled politics, which I'm not getting involved with. The way, the way that cast members are being treated. All of that. It's now become something that Iger has gone on record to say that he regrets pushing for. So, at this rate, I mean, unfortunately, as much as we love Bob Iger, he's gone. 
what he says at this point, I, I hate to say it, it really doesn't matter. No, and I think everybody needs to come to terms with the fact that he's not coming back. That's the thing. I've been upset about it, but, like, I've never for one second thought that he's coming back. He's retired. If he really wanted to keep going, he would have, and he certainly wouldn't have passed the baton to somebody that, as we're finding out, he didn't have a full vote of confidence in. It's heartbreaking to me to learn this, but at the same time, I also get it because this is kind of a situation of beware the enemy you don't know. At least Chapek had been with the company. Right. And even though it wasn't his first choice, what are you going to do? Bring someone in to navigate through a global pandemic that has never worked for the company before? No. No, you can't. Um... And if Iger was done, Iger was done. I mean, he pushed off his retirement so many times. I mean, you can't handcuff the man and keep him here as much as we all wanted to. Um, the fact of the matter is, Chapek is here at least until 2025. But I think now, I don't think Iger is going to swing anybody to get him dismissed. But I think when it comes time for renewals in 2025, if the stock price is the same that it is now and let's call it what it is by 2025 I think the tourism here is going to be down I think that the tourism right now is high because you have people that are jonesing to celebrate the 50th anniversary and I think you have people that are jonesing to travel and had travel pushed off from 2020 I think Universal is going to make a very strong case for itself in these next couple of years when they open the third gate I think Universal is going to draw a lot of people and other than a retheme of Splash Mountain, what has Disney got coming down the pike? Not an awful lot. Tron. But, but Tron, but we know and about Tron. And the hype Tron. is over. That's the, the other thing. I think people are over people don't Tron. Care it's, it's not even open yet, and I think people are over it. Um, so I think that come 2025, if. And I hope things are still not the same. I hope I wake up tomorrow and the Grinch's heart grew three sizes and Chapek <laughs> ends up being great. Do I think that's going to happen? Hell no. If we're still, if things are still status quo by 2025, knowing what you know now, you have to wonder if the Board of Governors starts to think about all of this. And if they don't, and he's brought back again, well, it really just means that the parks are a money pot that are just printing money left and right, and that's what they're going to care about. But I don't know that with the PR being what it is, that they can continue in that direction. They really can't continue in that direction for the next two and a half years, much less past that. Well, that's it, right? I mean, the the guest surveys are at an all-time low, but until people start talking with their wallets, unfortunately nothing is going to change. That is what is going to be the biggest... Uh, difference is when people do start staying at Universal over Disney. I mean, we're already starting to see it. People are going the Airbnb route. They're doing tickets only here. I can say that with confidence just from vacation planning is that people are really considering these Airbnbs. Uh, you won't save money because if Disney releases a promotion, you're not going to get that in Airbnb. And that's what people don't understand yet. Um, but... Until such time where Universal's numbers are skyrocketing and Disney's are plummeting, that's what—that's the only thing that's going to move the needle. Unfortunately, people complaining and serving, like, keep doing it. By all means, like, rally, let them know what you're unhappy with. Like, Disney does at least care enough, maybe not Chapek himself, but, like, they are hospitality. They will address what needs to be changed. It's just a matter of... You're not going to see the overhaul that it needs until people start talking with their wallets. And you have to wonder, and this I think is, this will be the last question I ask tonight uh, as we wrap up this Dockside Chat number four. How long until the uh, extra magic hours make a comeback? Because right now, they are only doing it for deluxe resort guests. That was always an incentive to stay on the property. Having the bus transportation was an incentive, and having extra magic hours. Well, guess what? There's no more buses. Bright Line's not happening now. Right. And there's only extra magic hours at, what, three or four resorts. So if you're a family that's got to pinch pennies because you're a middle-class family trying to bring 
the, the wife and the husband or, or however your family structure is and your three and a half kids to Disney, um, you could always justify staying at a value resort, paying a little bit more money to stay at a Disney value resort versus staying at like the Ramada Inn off property because you got the transportation and you got extra time in the parks. But without any sort of incentive, what does stop you from going to Universal or going to an Airbnb? Nothing. Nothing. And I think that's where Disney, in the next couple of years, has to adjust their thinking and think less about what do we give to the deluxe and more about what do we do to incentivize. Because unfortunately, right now, you're not doing enough. Thank you guys so much for joining us on this Dockside Chat. Uh, make sure that you like, subscribe, and rate us on Verbal or your podcast platform of choice. Make sure you DM us with your code words to enter for the Guardian's pin and t-shirt. That's right. Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok at Monoreal Radio. Uh, again, the email address is monorealradio at gmail.com. And for links for everything related to the show, it is online at monorealradio.com. For Jackie, I'm Sean. Have a magical week, everyone. Bye.